the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Free Business 1440 mobile app. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. The body of former Senator John McGain has begun its journey to Washington's National Cathedral for what will be the final public service honoring his years of service in the military as a POW in Vietnam and then as a U.S. Senator. Among those set to speak this morning, former President Barack Obama and George W. Bush. President Trump says many countries have been ripping off the U.S. when it comes to the trade tariffs. A country tariffs us, then we tariff them, and Congress comes down and they say, why are you tariffing? I say, because they're doing it to us. They say, but that's not free trade. I said, of course it's free trade. What's wrong with you? See, I don't call it free trade. I call it fair trade. The president spoke yesterday at a rally in Charlotte, North Carolina. It was a mixed bag on Wall Street with a Dow losing 22 points. And NASDAQ was up by just about the same amount. This is SRN News. Can't make heads or tails of today's crazy markets? Tune into Investing for Success every weekday from 4 to 5 p.m. on Business 1440, the Wall Street Business Network. And we will shed some light on investing and how you can get clarity in your investments. Join us for Nepsis Capital Management's Investing for Success, where Wall Street and Main Street meet every day from 4 to 5 p.m. on Business 1440, the Wall Street Business Network. This is a special notice to all U.S. taxpayers. If you owe the IRS or state back taxes and cannot afford to pay them back, there's good news. Due to the financial hardship many are facing in today's economy, the IRS has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems through a federal program called the Fresh Start Initiative. Qualifying for this program will resolve your tax problem, end all collections, and possibly reduce your back taxes by up to 90%. If you are facing wage garnishments, liens, bank levies, audits, or payroll taxes, it's not too late. Your circumstances may qualify you for this special program, protecting your savings and your assets. If you owe the IRS or state back taxes and cannot afford to pay them back, there's no need to worry anymore. Call the hotline at Victory Tax Solutions to see if you qualify and potentially save thousands. For this free information, call 800-813-1105. 800-813-1105. That's 800-813-1105. Need special boots or shoes for a new job, but you don't know where to start? Step into Chet's Shoes for expert advice and a proper fit. A boot can make or break your job, so make sure you get the right one for you. We have safety toe options in steel, aluminum, composite, as well as regular work boots. Check out our expanded line of women's work boots. We've been fitting people for over 70 years. Stop in to see us in Columbia Heights and our Red Wing stores in Circle Pines, Coon Rapids, Bloomington, St. Cloud, and Columbia Heights. Remember, if the shoe fits, you've been Chats. Join Dr. King Banyan as he shows you economic charts, graphs, and other visual aids you can't see on the radio here on Business 1440. I was walking along, minding my business, when out of an orange colored sky. Welcome back, King Banyan Show. This is 1440. I wanted to see what he was playing. I actually didn't catch the beginning of that very much. Do you have it now? Any idea? I do, yeah. I, um, I forget who that is now. That is Mr. A Christmas Song himself, Nat King Cole. Nat King Cole, okay. What a I voice. have not heard. Okay, that's fifty years since I've heard that. I've I've talked on the show about in the past about the giant console in the living room uh, and the records my dad had, which was mostly George Beverly Shea and Mahalia Jackson, but there was a little Nat King Cole in there too. Um, Those that, that was my dad's taste. Anyway, uh, welcome to King Banyan Show Business fourteen forty Labor Day weekend. And to talk about labor in a particular place and and the, and 
you know, uh, how people make a living in northern Minnesota. We have uh, Isaac Orr. He's a policy fellow with the Center of the American Experiment. He might even be younger than Ross, judging by the picture they use, unless that's like some 10 or 15-year-old picture he's never wanted to give up. Isaac, good morning and welcome to the King Banyan Show. Hey, good morning, Kane. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for being with us. Um, Isaac, uh, you've been writing, and I, I can we can find find you over at AmericanExperiment.org. And you've been writing a fair amount about uh, about what's been happening with uh, the prices, uh, or excuse me, what's been happening with uh, mining up in uh, northern Minnesota. How did you get interested in this topic? Yeah, so that stems back to college. I went to uh, UW Eau Claire, and okay. uh, my my geology professor was just really great. So I've been interested in geology for a really long time. All right, uh, but is ge- so you had a geology professor. What was your major? Uh, political science. Okay. All right. So you're a political science major that that liked geology. That's that's an interesting blend there. So. You were um, you were uh, talking about um, you, you started with this story, and I thought this was I thought this was interesting. This was or actually I think uh, uh, your colleague Tom Stewart put this up, but this was a story in the Duluth News Tribune talking about how people lived back in the '60s and '70s up in the Iron Range. Um, give people a feel for basically what it's like up there and how how um, how people uh, were able to make a living there, say, 50 years ago. Sure. I mean, the iron ore industry has become a lot more efficient, like a lot of industries, like the agricultural industry. So we just need fewer people to mine today than we did before. But 50 years ago, mining was a huge employer of people up there, and people were really proud to um, to mine this iron ore up there. It's it's kind of a, the iron ore that helps win world war ii and that's how a lot of people feel up there so so and 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 the workers who worked in mines i mean i mean isaac you and i have seen pictures of miners and they always look like they're sweaty and dirty and so on and it doesn't look like a very pleasant job but when you've talked to people up there and i bet you have uh, uh, i'm guessing because we don't know each other uh but i bet you have and what do they say about living that that life up north in in the mining industry? Well, I mean, the people up north are tough people. You'd have to live, you'd have to be pretty tough to live up there where it's so cold all the time, right? So, right. Um, I think I think it's just kind of, I don't know. It feels like they're real people. I mean, I grew up in a very rural area, and they're just hardy people that like to work hard and enjoy the environment up there. And and how many of them, like you, um, decided to go to college versus just leaving high school and walking over to a mine to go work? Sure. I mean, I think that was probably the case a lot more 30 years ago. Um, but now I think a lot of people do go to college, and unfortunately a lot of times they don't go back. Um, yeah. That's one of the bigger concerns about peop- or that people have in northern Minnesota is, Hey, you know what? We just don't have the good quality jobs that people have here. We we raise our kids, we send them to college, and then they move to the Twin Cities. So, so Isaac, uh, you so you were born here. In, it sounds like you you said you're from a rural community. Was it a rural community here in Minnesota? Uh, Wisconsin. I'm a cheesehead. Uh, well, we'll forgive you. Um, that's okay. that's. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, but you've got but you you've got that basic feel for what that life is like, and and one of the things I I saw this map once, Isaac, that that just just kind of blew me away, and it was drawn by the state demographer's office here in Minnesota, and it was a map of the number of of census tracts around the state where the population had declined for five consecutive decennial censuses or six. That means fifty to sixty years. That's pretty much all of northern Minnesota, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So 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 one thing that could happen is really like um that maybe those mines don't produce anything anymore and maybe people are just being stubborn staying on the land and 
And, you know, you, you've already identified that young people go away to college now and they don't return up there. So is it true that there just aren't any good jobs up there anymore and that's why they're not returning? So the average wage for people that, you know, work in a non-mining job in northern Minnesota is about $42,000. And okay. a mining job pays about 81000 If you're looking at average jobs in the Twin Cities, it's sixty-six. So it's just harder to make a good living and support a family up there. And I think that's why a lot of people gravitate towards uh, the metro. But if miners can make $81,000 a year, why aren't people driving in the other direction? Why aren't they going to northern Minnesota and trying to get those mining jobs? Sure. Well, they are when they're available. But right now we have our um, iron ore industry. This is very strong. Um, but the, the productivity of each worker has gone up, so you need fewer workers in order to mine the same amount right. of iron. Uh, on the flip side, we are not mining. Minnesota has some of the largest deposits of copper, nickel, and uh, platinum group elements and titanium in the world, and we're not developing them. Why not? <laughs> well, um, part of it is there's, like anything, there's a lot of different reasons. There's economic reasons. We've known about these uh, metals since, you know, the 1950s at least. And at the time, they were relatively low-grade ores relative to other deposits of minerals around the world. Now, um, the, the percentage of copper or nickel in Iraq, right, has fallen around the world to where this becomes a very attractive investment. So part mm -hmm. of it was economics. Part of it was technology. Um, I kind of liken this to the shale boom in North Dakota in that that oil was always in the ground. We just didn't know how to extract it economically. And part of it is just the permitting process it takes a very long time. Polymet's been in uh, the permitting phase for 13-plus years. So um, it's, it's a combination of economics and government regulation. So, so, but the economics, it sounds like, Isaac, uh, we talked to Isaac Orr from uh, the Center of American Experiment here on, on uh, the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Isaac's a policy fellow there, and he, and let me, let me quote this. They, they've released a study called Unearthing Prosperity. Isaac's one of the authors, along with uh, Deborah Strusacker, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to mispronounce her name, and then John Phelan, who I, who I know well from um, our, from uh, the Center. Uh, and um, this is a wonderful report, uh, Isaac. Uh, my my congratulations to you. It's it's really well done, in terms of um, uh, in in terms of trying to explain what this situation is. It just sounds like like okay. So economics didn't allow it to happen. I I'll I'll tell you I'll tell you a quick story. When I was first dating uh, my wife, um, she lived in an apartment with a uh, another woman who was from northern Minnesota, from the Hibbing area. And she and her dad came down, and her dad had just been laid off from a taconite plant. He's the the classic story. He had so this would have been nineteen. We started dating. Yeah, it must have been nineteen eighty five. He had worked at that plant. He'd worked in the taconite uh, uh, mines for thirty two years, from the time he had turned eighteen. He was now fifty years old, and he's like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do now, and it's just like that's horrible. Yep. It was just horrible, and and so and so they didn't know how to extract these, you know, the copper and the nickel and platinum up there at the time, or maybe they knew how, but it was just prohibitively expensive. And now that the prices of those those minerals have risen in world markets, now it's attractive, and they can go do that again. But but yeah, you said absolutely. go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna agree with you quickly so let's i'll let you finish your thought okay uh so here's the here so here's the point here's the point right the price rises the, okay the now the taconite mills have been closed and as a result of that the economy of northern minnesota really declines because workers keep the, the jobs workers are finding once the once the once the those mines have closed as you point out are paying you know only two-thirds of what those same jobs in the Twin Cities would pay. So, of course, people are going to eventually pack up and move down to, move down to Minneapolis because they, they, they want to make that extra 50%. And so, and so that's awesome. In, but 
when the jobs come back to being valuable because now the price of those other minerals has risen, what happens? You you, you said that PolyMet faced permitting issues for 13 years. What, what's going on? So, you know, I, I, I think that BNR is doing a really good job. They're being incredibly thorough with this. Um, and I don't want to make it seem like the... Um, the regulatory process is maybe too rigorous because I think that when you have the potential for acid-generating rocks like um, copper, nickel rocks, um, just there, there's a potential for environmental damage that you want to make sure that you're dotting your I's and crossing your T's. On the other hand, I don't think there's any denying that the longer that a project goes on um, in the permitting phase when it hasn't been built, the less attractive it becomes as an investment. It's the same if you wanted to develop an apartment building and you had to just let that empty lot sit there for a really long time. So I think that there are regulatory agencies in uh, Michigan and Canada that maybe permit things a little bit quicker, and um, it doesn't sacrifice the, the quality of the environmental assessment. So I think if we can you know, be absolutely thorough in Minnesota and also – Maybe maybe find out ways that other regulatory agencies are doing it in a more you know expedient way without sacrificing quality. Those are things that we should be looking at. Okay, so Isaac, um, let me let me. It's Labor Day weekend. I'm trying to I'm trying to finish you up so that you can get on with your your weekend because it's supposed to be it's supposed to be holiday for you. Uh, but I wanted to I I just wanted to say. Um, uh, uh, you know that it's very—it's a very generous way to look at it. What, how, you know, in in terms of uh, in terms of you're not criti- really criticizing uh, DNR for for these for these things, but why? And they're being very thorough. I mean, what I what I what I seem to recall here is is this idea that somehow we're we're supposed to there's still this this issue of it's always been a mining place. There, what, and yet, we have this this environmental uh, protection going on up there that that strikes me. Uh, if it takes thirteen years, you could you can do it faster. Um, <laughs> you know, thirteen years is a long, long time. I don't know how a project stays sure. viable for thirteen years. Well, it's a. I mean, these deposits are massive, and that's really what it is. Um, we have the largest undeveloped deposits in the world. So when you're looking at a an ore body that's that big and you look around the world and you realize that, okay, well, maybe there's more gold deposits in another country, but their government isn't stable, um, then right. that isn't a very attractive investment either. So we've right. gotten to the point to where a lot of these countries that are like Indonesia nationalizing um, gold mines and stuff like that to where it's like, Okay, well, this may seem very, very rigorous, but it's worth it. Yeah, so so th- that makes a lot of sense to me. So they're they're in fact doing that. Uh, I'll I'll ask you one more question, then I'm going to let you go, so you can you can get on with your weekend. Uh, Isaac, uh, I, we're talking to Isaac Orr from the Center of American Experiment. Isaac, if if the permitting process is is improved, so that we could actually get those mines opened up again. What do you see happening to the economy in, in northern Minnesota? And what do you see happening to those workers uh, living in that area? Oh, man. So if we were able to de- or develop our copper, nickel, platinum, titanium resources in Minnesota, it would add $3.7 billion to the state's economy every year and employ 8,500 people. So that is enough to offset the projected population losses that I've looked at for the state demographer's office up until yeah. 2050. So I think that's incredibly important to know. Yeah, I think that is important to know that 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 one way to solve the issue. And, and I, I would argue, Isaac, that also what's going to happen is we're going to actually have a we're actually going to see some people move into that area because those jobs are attractive, just like, you know, 10 to 15 years ago. To use the shale example, we saw lots of people moving out to western North Dakota, which, you know, I, I'll say is not as pretty a place as is northern Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not going to argue with that, but Teddy Roosevelt <laughs> National Park is very nice. 
yeah, it's cool. Okay, but there's not, there's not, there's not. You're not living there. Uh, you're not living there while you're uh, while you're mining shale. In fact, you're you're probably living in places that are that are a lot worse. But but Isaac, uh, thank you for talking to us. I really think this is an important story. All right. I'm not, right. That these, yeah, you bet. You bet. I'll. We'll let you go. I'm going to come back and, and make some more points about what you said after this. You are listening to the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. I'm already up and gone Lord, I'm so tired How long can this go on? Got that working in a coal mine Going down, down, down Working in a coal mine Pat Boone here again And I assure you I have never before endorsed a pain relief product Not until now. Not until Relief Factor came along as a 100% drug-free solution for people struggling with ordinary pain. Quite simply, Relief Factor was designed by doctors to help relieve those occasional aches and pains due to aging, exercise, and everyday living. Let me ask you, are aches and pains keeping you from sleeping through the night? Or keeping you from taking those nice long walks or playing golf or tennis? You can't really call it living if you can't get around comfortably. The three-week quick start from Relief Factor may be all you need to lower or even eliminate these pains. A whole lot of people have already gone to relieffactor.com, and here's something you need to know. The majority of people who order the three-week quick start, now only $19.95, go on to order more. Let's see if we can get you out of pain, too. Go to relieffactor.com. If it was 1990, you'd be listening to your favorite radio station on that bulky boombox that burns through D batteries faster than you can say you've got mail. Well, thankfully, it's the 21st century, and there are much better alternatives. For example, just ask Alexa to tune in. Alexa, play Business Radio 1440. Throw out that old beeper and get with the times. Listen to your favorite Business 1440 hosts and shows with Alexa and Amazon Echo. Hi, this is Eric with the Kingdom Builders with some words of encouragement for you today. In Galatians 5-7, Paul tells us that those who have put their trust in Jesus Christ are no longer bondservants, but sons. And if sons, then heirs of God through Christ. He goes on in Ephesians 1-3 to explain what a great blessing that is when he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ. There are two small words in that verse that bring great encouragement. The first is half, which tells me it is already done. And the second is all, which tells me that I lack nothing in Christ. Oh, how great to be called a child of God. On behalf of the Kingdom Builders, I hope these words are encouragement to you today. If you'd like to contact us, look us up online at thekingdombuilders.net. I am Marcus Jubland. Like my dad always says, we're not salespeople, we're just great roofers. There are those who dedicate themselves to a sense of honor, to a life of courage, and a commitment to something greater than themselves. They have always defended this nation and each other. They still do. The few, the proud, You're listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Keep it right here as King analyzes the economic impact of sand traps and water hazards. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, Business 1440. Thank you to Isaac or uh, from the Center of American Experiment for talking with us. The link to his study, along with Deborah Strusacker and uh, Strusacker and uh, John Phelan, um, is now up at our at our Twitter feed at pound KBRS is how you find it. Um, and uh, I invite you to go look at that. That's a it's pretty sh- you the the 
the study itself is a little bit longer, but the fact sheet that we just put up is sort of a nice synopsis of the points that, that he's making, that you can see a way in which workers, you know, the workers left with back. Isaac is being very nice about what I, what I see happening here, but I'm actually reminded of, of a story from about 20 years ago or 18 years ago. And it happened around the time of the uh, riots in 2000 at the World Trade Organization meetings in Seattle. You might, if you're of a sufficient age, uh, you might remember seeing pictures of of uh, people marching through the streets, breaking the windows at the star at Starbucks headquarters, throwing uh, foreign-made bicycles back into Puget Sound, and and so on. And there were some ad some ads and some taken out around that time and you because you might wonder well what does this have to do with trade and there were pictures of there were pictures of places which had looked really kind of uh peaceful and less developed and and pretty and places that as a westerner you would want to go vacation in where all of a sudden your dollar buys a lot more than it would say in a developed place like like Paris or Vienna or Tokyo places like Seoul or Kuala Lumpur or or Jakarta and the and the the point underneath them was we are ravaging these countries through trade and we're making them we're we're turning them into these these awful places um, and they're, we're disturbing their peaceful ways of life through trying to continually incorporate them into international trade. That was an argument that was being made by, among other folks, big labor back in around 2000. And it was at a time where they were quite restive about, about, about globalization at that time. That was considered a bad word, uh, typically by people on the left. And this had dated back, this type of opposition had dated back to fairly traditional economists, or excuse me, politicians like um, um, Dick Gephardt, uh, who, was a, who was a big pro-labor and anti-trade Democrat back, back around 1990 and pretty much throughout the 1990s. It was a standard point. Now, Bill Clinton bucked that. He actually ended up signing NAFTA. And I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll take next week to talk about the NAFTA deal because I still think there might be a story or two to tell. I, I have a feeling the Canadians and the Americans will get together and make something happen this week. But so I'm going to wait on that. But trade was considered a bad thing. But I go, let me go back to these, this, this ad. There was this ad, and I put it up. I put a picture of it up um, in my introductory economics course here, I don't know, 15, 16, 17 years ago. And I I reminded them of a video um, of a comedy skit that used to be done by the late great comedian Sam Kinison, who we cannot play on radio because it's it, it, it we would violate FCC rules probably every thirty seconds or so if we played a Sam Kinison bit, but but it was it was uh, he used to do this routine about about celebrities going into Africa um, uh, going into Africa to t- take pictures of starving children to raise money for them um, S- Sally Struthers is the one that comes to mind if you're if you're a guy of a certain age you remember you remember watching one minute commercials 60 second commercials <clears throat> about uh, about starvation in Africa and raising money for the poor and Sam Kinison used to do this screamingly funny bit about, well, first of all, why don't you move them? You know, why don't they just go, uh, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> he'd imitate the cameraman saying, look, look at this. This is sand. Nothing grows here. Move. Right. Except he does it at about double the decibel level I just did. But the picture, the, the other thing he would do is he would want those folks to be sympathetic and want to have pictures taken of them of uh, camera of them so here's the cameraman and the camera he's imitating the cameraman he says the cameraman's having is got a sandwich probably with him 
and the cameraman wants to give the cam give the sandwich to the starving child and and you know the fake sally struthers whacks the sandwich out of her hand no 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 take the picture first we got to have a picture of a starving child before we can we can do anything and and in essence i i really believe what's happened in some senses is, is is truthfully that that people in people who want to have the have northern minnesota be that beautiful place or wisconsin even northern wisconsin is beautiful i love driving through wisconsin i love driving through northern minnesota it's wonderful but the people that live there want to be able to raise their families and make a livelihood and be able to earn the kinds of incomes that people in the Twin Cities or heck they want to earn the kinds of incomes that people in Silicon Valley do and what they have to to work with is in fact is in fact minerals minerals that weren't so valuable before but are now just as Isaac's brilliant point Western North Dakota wasn't much of anything to drive through except to see the Teddy Roosevelt National Park. Yeah, that's nice. But if you were living in Western North Dakota, did the Teddy Roosevelt Park do much for you? Yeah, you might you might create a few hotel jobs. Is anyone getting rich on hotel jobs? No. Northern Minnesota has lots of bed and breakfasts and and lodges that people can go to is anyone getting rich off those is anyone making eighty one thousand dollars a year no those are the jobs that are paying 40 and 45 if you really want to lift labor income we should be trying to find ways to encourage to speed up the ability of people to get into those mines and get these additional additional resources these that these natural resources that are now much more valuable than they were when um my uh my my wife's roommate's father got laid off from a taconite mill and i do believe there's something to this idea that that what people in the twin cities want for northern minnesota is they want it to stay like it is staying like it is has caused it, it, it hasn't caused it's too strong a statement but it's contributed to it's contributed to 60 years of declining population in those communities. On a Labor Day weekend, I would ask, is that really the right policy for the folks in northern Minnesota? Shouldn't we be looking for ways to speed that up and to encourage encourage the creation of jobs that, that not only help us, but it would put, the, you know, mining Mining land would pay more taxes, which would support your schools up there, make schools better. It would it would pave more roads. It would you know, there's a there's an impact of having more miners making more income in terms of their spending more money in the community, and adding more at the, you know, adding more income to at the hardware store and and and, and at the clothing store and so forth. That that's. That's what, that's what we're, we're looking for when we talk about, about, you know, what's the value of, of, of speeding up permitting. It's for the people that work there. It's not for the owners of the mines because entry into a mining job doesn't take much. You show them a picture of the, of the dirty, sweaty miner and then everyone's like, well, why would I want to do that? Pays 23 bucks an hour. Okay. Give me a shovel. We'll be back after this. You're listening to the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Message and data rates may apply. Please don't text while driving. If you've been in business more than 20 minutes, you've probably printed your logo on all kinds of promotional products. We all know logos work because they're on everything from the top of skyscrapers to the bottom of shoes. Ever wondered why or how to best use your logo to grow your business? Let us show you today for free. We're 4imprint, promotional product experts at your service. 
We're giving away the latest issue of Amplify, the digital magazine that reveals promotional product success stories absolutely free to everyone who texts WOW11 to 88988. At 4imprint, we make your logo look perfect on thousands of promotional items. With our 100% guarantee, it'll be right the first time, on time, every time. Your free e-magazine will reveal invaluable insights that can attract new customers, build your brand, and grow your business. Get the latest issue of Amplify absolutely free by texting WOW11 to 88988. That's WOW11 to 88988. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-444-2013. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-444-2013. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-444-2013. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-444-2013. 800-444-2013. Most Minnesotans are dissatisfied with their income and retirement savings and are looking for help. Earn a second income without a second boss. Learn to make money trading at Online Trading Academy, the world's leader in trader education. Use this income now and through retirement. Register today for a free investing class by dialing pound 250 on your cell phone and use the keyword OTA. Again, pound 250, keyword OTA. If you could cook up the world's greatest radio station, what ingredients would you need? We'd start by mixing in high-quality, free-range wellness experts. Then we'd add in a generous scoop of the topics that matter most to you. Finally, we'd stir in a certified organic website full of helpful resources and garnish with a specialized mobile app. No, it's not some half-baked idea. It's on the air right now. Wellness Radio 1570, online at TwinCitiesWellnessRadio.com. It's the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Music by George Clinton and George Beverly Shea. music of my college years see now you have to help me out here king my dad always told me that fleetwood fleetwood mac if i can talk i am in radio used to rock until they fired the original lead singers and replaced them is that true or is that just his bias i don't know <laughs> oh you I've got me there you. i've stumped you, you stumped me on that one yeah I well, don't think he despises current Fleetwood Mac. I just, I think he liked the real early stuff a lot better. Well, I told you, I I think I've told this before, in 1976 or 7, I think it was 77, I went to a Eagles and Fleetwood Mac concert at the old, at the old Schaefer Stadium, the precursor to Gillette Stadium. Oh, wow. In Foxborough, New Hampshire. Or Massachusetts, excuse me. Um, there is a Foxborough, New Hampshire. It's tiny. Um, and, um, and, uh, uh, I went to see that. I really didn't care for the Fleetwood Mac set even then. Huh? And that was like mid seventies and I didn't care for it, but I think I got spoiled because I, I, have I told you this at the beginning of this, at the beginning of this, they had a guy walk, there was some guy walk out. So you're sitting in this giant stadium and I didn't think to bring binoculars. So, I'm sitting and and it's one of those big outdoor stadiums and what do, what do people do at outdoor stadiums in the 70s? There's all sorts types of illicit substances going up and down the aisles and people, right? And 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 there's some guy comes out and starts playing. I'm looking like what is that? Who is that? I look I look down and finally finally I hear the voice. And you know who has this really distinctive voice and still has it today and is still performing? Boz Skaggs. Wow. He was the warm-up act. 
And was that even listed, or you literally had no, no idea that just had happened? No idea. If if I had known he was the warm up back, I would have insisted on getting there earlier. I just happened to catch a good uh, catch a good highway in uh, the old. In fact, it's still true for Gillette, although they built new roads. The roads at the time in the seventies were miserable. It took about seventy five minutes to get from the off ramp off of off of uh, was that ninety five. Uh, over over to the stadium, um, so it was. It took forever to get to get in there. It, somehow, I managed to find a way to get in. I don't think I ever replicated this this process, but I got there like an hour before the show started. I think the girl I took with me, she, you know, I was like eighteen or nineteen. I don't think she was happy about getting there early. She really wasn't happy when I told her to to please shut up so I could hear Boz <laughs> We never had another date after that. How did no that tickets. one work out for you yeah, in the long run? It was a pretty chilly ride home. Uh, <laughs> it was a pretty chilly ride home. As the Eagles are playing in the long run in your head, you're thinking, yeah, this one's not working out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, the, there was no long run from that. Um, she'd argue I was hitting above my weight class anyway. Um, so... <laughs> so whatever uh so let me so today labor day weekend we're talking about we're talking about the labor share of income and the things and why that wouldn't be happening a lot of people blame trade and that tra- that that trade is why it's happening because a lot of the ability to produce and the you know is being cre- is being challenged by being able to move work offshore this is of course part of the logic that's being used by the Trump administration to support, you know, to support uh, tariffs and, and so forth. And again, I'm going to, uh, the, the potential for a NAFTA or a Mexico U S trade agreement. I'm going to, I like Mexico U S trade agreement. Cause that's musta. I, 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 I like the, uh, I like the acronym. Um, cause NAFTA, NAFTA sounds like something you throw in the attic to kill off all the moths. Uh, but, um, musta sounds, sounds like something you got to do. Musta um, sounds like what you put on a sandwich out East. Pa- yeah. Pass the musta. Put, put the musta on that. Yeah. Uh, but, um, uh, but, but anyway, this, uh, the trade has, has been studied and what, what this result depends on some work done by David Otter, A-U-T-O-R, if you want to look him up. Uh, David Otter, who's done, who did some study of the impact of opening up China to trade on the industries in which China is trading. And the evidence is that wages were depressed in those industries, in those specific industries where China was now much more free to, imp- to export goods into the U.S. market than they had been before. And so that's a theory for why why th- th- this is happening but th- there's 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 some pushback on that that we're not sure that story is really true um and i would argue that it's a temporary phenomenon take a look at what's happening in places like shenzhen um which is a major which is a major place for where foreign direct investment is happening in high tech it's the it's the home to tencent of uh, the large uh, mobile uh, firm in, um, you know, it, you know, um, large uh, company in the uh, mobile phone business, Tencent, uh, creates lots of apps and so on. Wages are rising there. And as those wages rise, then that makes it more likely that you're going to get onshoring, that these businesses that have chosen to take advantage of China's low wages to move production from the United States to China will now push it back onto the U.S. shores because the wage differential is shrinking. Now, true, some of that production will move to even other countries. China is trying to now invest heavily in places that are less developed than, than China is. Um in Africa, in, in um, 
Western in Western Asia and Southwest Asia, places like like Myanmar and Bangladesh and Afghanistan and and and, and so forth, they are off, uh, Kyrgyzstan. They are offering cheap capital in order to get a share of the next places for production to move their their production that way. They've gone from being exporters of of products with high labor input to exporting capital into other markets where the cost of labor is lower. But some of that production is going to be moved back into places like places like the United States or in back into the European Union. The Chinese have an issue that that eventually the wage differential that they traded on in order to make their gains will go away as wage diff- as wages in the US are are stipulating actually being being held constant and wages in China being pushed up that's in fact going to be that's in fact going to induce some people to say you know what the cost differential isn't there but but let me add one last thought to that and then we'll uh, before we go to go to our last break of the show the last thought is this what we've seen in 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 the world has been what is described often as the death of distance our ability to send goods from hong kong to long beach that cost has shrunk by an order of magnitude to send a hundred pounds of something from one place to the next. In 1995, I took a job to work as an advisor to the National Bank of Ukraine. I had to go, and I had to, I, so I moved myself to you to Kiev. I lived there for about a year. Um, my employer agreed that they would send 600 pounds of goods. Anything I wanted, they would send 600 pounds by air to me from Minnesota. I lived in St. Cloud at the time. From Minnesota to Kiev. You know what it costs to send 600 pounds of goods by air into Kiev? The answer was 2300 bucks. What do you think it costs today? What do you think you've got to pay DHL? to take a 50-pound box from Minnesota, from Minneapolis-St. Paul Airport to uh, Borispil, Borispil Airport in Kiev. Yes, I know the name, names of the airport in Kiev. I flew through it many times. The answer, the answer is about 50, 50 to $60. The, co- the, the cost of shipping over long distances has shrunk dramatically. And that's what's tilting the scale. That's part of what tilts that scale. And so when people tell the, the David Otter story that trade with China is somehow doing it, I'd say it's not special to China. The death of distance is not why China does. China takes advantage of the death of distance. But some of that, some of that, dif- some of that difference is not because of that. It's because it's still very easy to get someone who's making $2 a day in rural China and offer them $4 a day to work in Shenzhen and get them to uh, create circuit boards for you. And that's, that, that's continuing for a while, but now that rate is going up from 4 to 5, from 5 to 6, because eventually you run out of the people in, in, in China. That's the nature of labor. It's, it, it moves just like capital does. Labor moves to where the where the work is. We'll be back after this with some final thoughts. King Banyan Show, Business 
Business 1440 is KYCR Golden Valley. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-444-2013. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes or overweight or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-444-2013. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-444-2013. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-444-2013. 800-444-2013. Imagine a politician saying this today. I have wondered at times what the Ten Commandments would have looked like if Moses had run them through the U.S. Congress. That's a quote from Ronald Reagan. He showed us through his life, his faith, and with his words that Judeo-Christian values and principles matter. You can help spread the legacy of the great Ronald Reagan, and you can do it by getting a Reagan email address. Right now, if you have a Gmail, AOL, Yahoo, or any other big tech company email address, you help them market their service with every email you send. In return, they're able to scan your emails and target you with unwanted advertising. Well, thanks to ReaganPrivacy.com, you can instead share the Reagan name with every email you send, and they don't scan your emails. They'll leave you alone. Get an email address that you're going to be proud to own. Go to ReaganPrivacy.com. You get your very own personal private email address. It's available to you now at ReaganPrivacy.com. Get your Reagan email address right now and share the values of Ronald Reagan. ReaganPrivacy.com. TwinCitiesTuitions.com has been helping families for over seven years get into the school of their dreams. We have placed over 90 kids into private education, including Stacy's son. I have to say that this was an answer to prayer. This program made it possible for my son to transition into ninth grade into a wonderful school. Dealing with the station, particularly Alyssa, has been such a blessing. Education is one of the most important decisions that you can make as a parent. The difference that I've seen in in my son in a Christian education is a confidence that can only come from Jesus Christ. He stands firm in the truth. He knows what he believes, and he's going to know that that Jesus is the answer. Don't pay more than you need to for your child's first year of private school. Call me, Alyssa Brecken, at 651-289-4406, or visit our website at TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Welcome back, King Banyan Show. Labor Day. Yeah. This would be on your Yacht Rock collection. You're anti-cat and not cat, Cat Stevens? I'm not I'm not anti or pro cat. There's you know, some cat I'm I out like and there's lots. John's in next weekend. I'm out. It's been, okay. a, it's been a fun time. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. See ya bye. <laughs> Sorry. What a great breakup that would be. What happened to Ross? Yeah. Yeah. He, what happened to Ross? Well, he likes Cat Stevens. He likes Cat Stevens, so we fired him. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Could happen. Uh, <laughs> there will be a production meeting afterward. I'm anyway, looking forward to it. Uh, King Bang Show, Business 1440. Thank you for listening to us here on this Labor Day weekend. I hope the end of your summer is going really well. Winter comes before you know it, so so stay into it. So what do I think is happening here? I'm just going to give you one quick story. I... I think I think distance has something to do it they do with it. The cost of investing and the cost of capital has declined, so people are switching from from are switching to putting more capital intensive production so they can make the same stuff with fewer people. Think about this. We produce much more food than we did a hundred years ago, but a hundred years ago pretty much half of America lived on farms. Now it's less than two percent. Same thing's happening in manufacturing right now. But here's the story. I was I'm working on the new quarterly business report for uh, for uh, uh, our, for St. Cloud, and um, one of our big employers here is New Flyer. New Flyer is a Canadian company that makes buses. Um, under NAFTA, 
62.5% of a bus that's used here in the United States for a public company must be made in the United States. So guess what happens? A new flyer makes the shell of the bus up in Canada and then brings it down here to a plant in just outside. It's actually inside the city limits, but right on the city limits of St. Cloud to put all the all the seats and the flooring and, and lots of the other stuff that goes into the bus. I've walked through the plant twice. It's an amazing plant, but they bring shells of them here to be produced. And because they do that, they can then send that bus back to Canada without paying any tariff. Nor do they get tariffed on the bus that comes down. I don't believe they pay a tariff on the bus that comes down from Canada into the United States, as long as they can show that it's going to a factory here. And what that does is it lengthens the the global uh, supply chain. And that lengthening of the global supply chain could be an explanation for why you know, if we're offshoring parts of the production process and then bringing them back here, think of that old story of how many parts are made of an iPhone in places like Taiwan and South Korea and China, and then the assembly can happen, say the assembly happens in some place and then it's brought here. The value that Apple puts into that phone is like, you know, 60, 70% of the phone but all the parts are being done in other places which where they can do them cheaper. That's that global supply chain story. And, and then the last part is the fact that we had a high corporate income taxes in many parts, but the corporate income tax rates in the developing world, which were as high as we were back in the 1970s, if you think our corporate tax rates are high, then you should go you should look at what's happening in the developing world. Develop in the developing world those rates are coming down. So there are all sorts of reasons why labor has been receiving receiving less income. And no one story explains it perfectly well. Thank you for spending time with us. Sorry to make fun of Ross and, and Yacht Rock, but I hope you have a very fine weekend and a good end to your summer here from the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Pat Boone here again, and I assure you, I have never before endorsed a pain relief product. Not until now. Not until Relief Factor came along as a 100% drug-free solution for people struggling with ordinary pain. Quite simply, Relief Factor was designed by doctors to help relieve those occasional aches and pains due to aging, exercise, and everyday living. Let me ask you, are aches and pains keeping you from sleeping through the night or keeping you from taking those nice long walks or playing golf or tennis? You can't really call it living if you can't get around comfortably. The three-week quick start from Relief Factor may be all you need to lower or even eliminate these pains. A lot of people have already gone to relieffactor.com, and here's something you need to know. The majority of people who order the three-week quick start, now only $19.95, go on to order more. Let's see if we can get you out of pain, too. Go to relieffactor.com. Napa know-how. Why should you pick up two cans of CRC Brake Clean for six bucks? Because you know the right way to install new brakes starts with using the right product to clean the calipers and rotors. Plus, a portion of your purchase goes to the Intrepid Fallen Heroes Fund, which makes it, like, doubly right. That's CRC Brake Clean. Two cans for six bucks. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores. Offer ends 9 18 Hey, honey, is this your course schedule for the fall? Yep. Ah, let me see here. English, good. Chemistry, trigonometry, excellent. World history, oh, I love world history. Baseball, wait, baseball? Baseball isn't a course, honey. Well, sure it is, Mom. High school sports are about so much more than winning and losing. They teach lessons that can't be taught in the classroom, like accountability and self-discipline, the value of teamwork. I may not be earning a grade, but I'm learning how to compete later in life. Isn't that what getting a good education is all about? Yes, of course it is. I was just testing you. (laughs) What can teenagers here in Minnesota learn from participating in high school sports? Plenty, as it turns out. 
That's why they're called education-based athletics. High school sports. There's so much more than just a game. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. Are you worried about working till you drop, losing your job, or not being able to retire? Lifestyles Unlimited members learn how to leave those worries behind. Tune in to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show and discover life-changing information, like the principles we use to provide for our families and run our businesses, why you should have real estate in your portfolio, five ways real estate makes you money, and a whole lot more. Listen to the Dell Wamsley Show, weekday mornings at 11, here on Business 1440. Business 1440, KYCR, Golden Valley. A service of Salem Media Group, streaming worldwide. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.